Last week, I began because there's so much I want to talk about Jesus Christ. And this world is still confused. They don't have a clue. They come up with some goofy ideas about Him. But last week we talked about the fact that Jesus Christ was flesh and blood man. The humanity of Christ. He wasn't just an idea. He wasn't just an influence. He wasn't a fairy tale. It wasn't folklore. He walked. He talked. He breathed. He lived among men. The only difference between him and his human nature and ours is he was without sin. He did not sin. He cannot sin. He will not sin. I ask you to turn again to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, because the same one, the Son of Man, yes, he was man, was also God. That's amazing. That's incomprehensible if we really want to use the proper language. Your mind and my mind can't wrap our abilities around thinking about that and accept it for all that it is. But it's so because God tells us so. First Timothy 2 verse 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Don't let anybody tell you, well, it's not like he was really a man. He absolutely was. What kind of a man? Colossians 2.9. We looked at this one as well. Paul wrote, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He wasn't a little bit of God. He wasn't kind of sort of like God. He was very God of very God. As he wrote in 1 Timothy 3.16, without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. It's a mystery. I can't put it on a chalkboard and say this is how it works. But this is what God has said and this is how God has declared it. God was manifest in the flesh. He was God. He was man. And we talked about the man. The humanity. I want to talk this morning about his deity. Now, with the exception of Marcia, there was a man at whose feet I sat for three years in Bible school. His name was Lawrence Crawford. My cousin's with us today. And Brother Lawrence is good about asking questions. That's where I got it. You could thank or blame him for that. And uh, he'd come in and say, Stephen! Where does the Bible say? Hey, 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 hey. I know what it's like to go, uh, uh. <laughs> We need to know. Because there are folks out there that say, you know, Jesus never really said he was God. I, yes, he did. Amen. Yes, he did. 
And as Brother Crawford would say, where did he say it? Uh, uh, in the Bible? Yeah, where? where? Give, give me a book. Give me a chapter. Give me a verse. I want to give you that right now. Turn to John chapter 9. Please. John chapter 9. He didn't hedge it. He didn't tiptoe around it. He was straight out and about. John 9, 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Let's talk about the man. Born blind and Jesus gave him his sight. He's a grown man. He's been living with his folks all his life. He wasn't just a little kid. He's a grown man, but he had lived with his folks. Everybody in the village knew he'd been blind since birth. And Jesus gave him his sight. I can't do that. You can't do that. Only God could do that. And when the young man said, well, the one who gave him my sight, I'm, I'm trusting him. And they, they said, you're out of here. Get out. And that's what it means here. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he, that's Jesus, had found him, that's the man formerly blind, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered, said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Make no mistake. No doubt about it. Jesus of Nazareth who talked to that man, who healed that man, made no apologies to say, I am the Son of God. You see that? Drop down to the next chapter. Chapter 10. Verse 36. Now, if he never said he was the Son of God, then he would have just lied in this verse. Because he flat out says, Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and saved in the room, Thou thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. Now let me qualify this. I am a Son of God. Two ways. You know how? By adoption. And by regeneration. But it would not be accurate to speak of me as the only begotten. Only Jesus Christ. The only begotten Son of God. He's all by himself. He's a son that way. We speak of the angels sometimes as the sons of God. Sons of God by creation. And we by adoption and regeneration. But Jesus Christ and Him only. Never will there be a twin for Jesus. Never there will be any little brothers and sisters in that sense. We are His little brothers and sisters by adoption, Amen. by regeneration. I said I am the Son of God. Makes no apology. And then in the next chapter, chapter 11, because Jesus heard that his friend Lazarus was ill. Doesn't mean he had a little sniffles. No. He was bad sick. Real bad sick. 
Look at verse 4. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And if that's all he'd said, that would have been a mouthful. But the Lord likes to give us even more, doesn't he? That the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Why did God let Lazarus die? So that God would be glorified. God the Son. People would see. People would know. People would be able to connect the dots and realize this very one is the Son of God. Can you appreciate that when we talk about Him? Now some would deny that the Lord ever said He was the Son of God. They need to read their Bibles. We need to read our Bibles. We need to know what it says. It wasn't just the Lord who made this fundamental truth loud and clear. As the Gospel opened, I figure probably a lot of you are familiar with John chapter 1. John doesn't pull any punches when he opens his Gospel. In the beginning was the Word. In your Bible, that word, Word, is probably spelled with a capital W. Because it's not talking about something, some idea, some concept. It's talking about a great person. We speak of him as the second person of the Trinity. He's not the same person as the Father. He's not the same person as the Spirit. He is the Son. Separate and apart. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Just as much as God the Father is God, just as much as God the Holy Spirit is God, God the Son, God the Word is God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. He didn't make Himself. He always was. He made everything. Jesus Christ is a great creator. He's the one that made you. If you don't like the fact that your hair is a certain color, your eyes are a certain color, you're a certain height or weight, you know what? Don't look to the Father. Don't look to the Spirit. Look to the Son. He is the one. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. No apologies there. Comes out loud and clear. And just in case somebody's reading this first chapter, yeah, but where does that say that was Jesus? Well, just drop down to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. God the Father was never made flesh. God the Holy Spirit was never made flesh. I dare somebody to show me a scripture where it says they saw God the Father. I dare somebody to show me where it says someone saw the Holy Spirit. Oh, you can see manifestations. Jesus said, when the wind blows, you don't see the wind, but you see the results. So is everyone born of the Spirit. If you're born of the Spirit, it'll show. You'll tell on yourself. It'll come out. Your nature will be on display. By the way, I don't care who they are. If some charlatan gets up and says, well, so-and-so saw God. Just take them to verse 18. Don't argue with them. Just say, well, the Scriptures say, no man has seen God at any time. Not then, not now, not any time. Well, how do we see God? Well, we see with the eye of 
faith, not with the eye of flesh, but the portrait of God. You want to see something about the nature of God? Look at Jesus Christ. Because in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything that we could say and see and know about God was on display in Jesus Christ. No man has seen God any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Put Him on display. Toward the end of this precious Gospel of John, go ahead to the next to last chapter. Chapter 20. You know, sometimes people write books and you, why do you even bother writing that? But God had a reason for giving us what he did in what we call the Bible, his book. In John chapter 20, I talked about this with somebody from the Kingdom Hall once, and I said, you don't think Jesus was God? Please notice in verse 28 of John 20, it says, Thomas answered and said, unto him, talking to Jesus, my Lord and my God. I asked that person, you don't think Jesus was God? No, no. But Thomas was swearing there. I half expected a hand to come down out of a cloud and smack her upside the head. Saying a thing like that. Drop down to verse 31 of this 20th chapter. Why are these things written down? Why do we have this stuff in the Bible? These are written that we may, you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of God. This wasn't just written to take up space. That you might believe. And that believing you might have life through His name. That's the objective. But one thing I love, not so much as a teacher, was writing objectives. You love writing objectives. I'm going to teach them two times two years ago. Well, why? Well, there's a reason. I know this book and write this. One. I gotta articulate why I'm doing this. Well, God has told us why He has given us this material. And Paul, of course, affirms it in his letters. We saw that already in Colossians 2, verse 9. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then he also wrote a preacher who pastored in the island of Crete. His name was Titus. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13. You know what we're looking for? We had an election this week. A lot of stuff squeezed in last week. And we want to hear the results. Who's going to be the governor? Who's going to be the lieutenant governor? Who's going to be the secretary of state? Who's going to be the dog catcher or whatever? You know, where is it? Who's going who's to be? How's it going to go down? What's it going to look like? You know what we as Christians are supposed to be looking for? Verse 13 of Titus 2. Looking for that blessed hope. I can't wait till I get that promotion. I can't wait till I get that award. I can't wait till I achieve this level of whatever. No. Here's where we ought to be as God's people. Looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing. Who's going to appear? The great God 
and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. we got to know that that's so. That's, that's what it's about. Now, when we speak about Jesus being God, He makes no bones about the fact. When He said, I and my Father are one, doesn't mean there's only one of us. But it means we are the same. We're on the same page. We have the same mind, the same heart. We have the same powers. Just as much God. That's what that means. But God the Son possesses all the attributes of His heavenly Father. He is the one in whom life is. And it's He who bestows life upon others. We were just in this first chapter of John. Look at the fourth verse of that chapter. In Him, that's in Christ. Not in the church. <coughs> not in the baptistry. Not at the Lord's table. It's in Christ. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. We've been reminded many, many times about Lazarus. And he had been four days in the tomb. And his dear sister torn up about Lazarus being dead. And she'd even said, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And he said, I am the resurrection of the life. See, people think of resurrection as a thing, as an event as a process it emanates from, it's dependent upon none other than Christ Jesus, the Son of God. I am the resurrection and the life, he said. He that believeth, though he were dead, yet shall he live. We had a funeral this week. That dear sister, she breathed her last. Sunday afternoon, just a week ago today. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. She's never been more alive than she is right now in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes we say, well, so-and-so, I remember when they this, I remember when they that. If they're a child of God, they are with the Lord. They wouldn't want to come back. And you wouldn't want to do that to them. By the way, let's come back to earth. We can get a sunburn. We can get caught in a storm. We can get COVID. We can, oh, you see, wouldn't that be wonderful? Just one more time. Yeah. Why would why would you? Paul says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm better off in heaven. You know what I'm saying? It's there's a little bit of selfishness in us if we say, I, I wish they could come back here. What you probably mean is I miss them. Miss them so very much. And I can appreciate that. But when you think about it, they're with the Lord. Don't feel sorry for that. And uh, our hope and prayer is that the Lord speaks to your heart. If you don't know Jesus Christ and the free pardon of your sins, you don't have that hope. I think some people think everybody dies and goes to heaven except, well, maybe not yet. Maybe not Sodom Hussein. But everybody else, sooner or later, they make it. That's not the scripture. It makes it very clear that uh, it's the minority. 
Not because they're smarter, they're better looking, they're richer or anything else, but because of Jesus Christ. He's what makes all the difference in the world. When Jesus was talking about the Father, in John 14, one of the disciples said, Lord, you mentioned the Father. Can we see the Father? Can you show us the Father? And he said, haven't you been with me for a while? You've been listening, haven't you? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You want to see God? You want to experience God? You want to know that you're held in the hand of God? You don't get there except by way of Jesus Christ. You don't get that way by way of baptism. You get, don't get that way by joining the church. You don't get that way by, as one guy used to say, quit your meanness. You need a radical transformation. A few years ago, I was radically saved. Why do you say this radically? You don't just kind of get schmoozed into the kingdom. It's not a gradual, okay, I, I achieved that level. No. New creature in Christ. Old ways are, they don't apply anymore. All things are made new. Not because of you, not because of me, because of Jesus Christ. He is the one. And we look to Him. And uh, Scripture makes it so clear. God is love. And of course, Jesus Christ displays love. Greater man hath no man, no love, to, greater love no man than this, and would lay down his life for his friends. Remember what it says in Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. What's that mean, Paul? Well, really, it's not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And he also said, who loved me and gave himself for me. You want to talk about the love of God? Look to Calvary. You want to talk about the love of God? Look to Jesus. Because he was the love of God on display. Beloved, let us love one another, it says in 1 John 4. For the love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. If you say, I got good doctrine, do you have love? Well, I, I don't know. I kind of made it once say, I think sometimes we overdo this love stuff. That's not quite the way it puts it in the Scripture. There's another word. Uh, theologians like to use multisyllabic words. That means a lot of length to them. They speak of the immutability of God. That just means He doesn't change. In Malachi 3.6, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore you sons of Jacob are not destroyed. Think of a great scale. It's even. The love of God is not such as... I, I forget what I said about sin. I'm going to let everybody into heaven. Because I love everybody. Bible is it. On the other hand, 
I'm going to punish everybody that sins the first time they do. They're all going to die. I think we'd have an empty planet by the end of the day, don't you? Mm -hmm. But the perfect balance of love and mercy seen in Christ. Seen in Christ. He doesn't change. And Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I got news for some people. Jesus didn't get any smarter when he went back to heaven. Because he already knew all things. Amen. We're going to learn. We're going to learn. I hope when you open your Bible, the Lord teaches you things. I hope you can see and apply some things from God's Word. Not just in church service. If this is the only place you open your Bible, well, you're missing out. I ought to have it with you. I, I, a man I've never met before. I, I saw him yesterday, and there in his workstation, in his Bible. And it wasn't sitting there gathering dust. It was open. That's good reading material. We need to know that. He is immutable. He is also omniscient. That's another one of those big words. It means... He knows everything. He knows everything that was, everything that is, everything that will be. He even knows what could have been. If Tuck had been born with black hair, God knows exactly what he looked like. We can imagine. Maybe they'll want it. That's, a, that's the truth. He knows what could have been, what would have been. David was once being hunted by Saul. And he came to this place called Keilah. And he said, Lord, if I stay here, will those people turn me over to Saul? The Lord said, if you stay here, they will deliver you up. You know what David did? He didn't go to Keilah. He went somewhere else. So he said, I thought he'd be turned over to Saul. I guarantee you, if he had gone there, some people choke on it when you read it, but in the Gospels, Jesus said of two, a couple of places, he said, oh, Jerusalem, you've stoned the prophets, you've done all this. If the mighty works done in you had been done over Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. We don't know what would be, what could be. We do know what should be we should be serving the Lord. We should be busy about it. Not thinking about it. Not getting around to it. No. Lord, use me right here, right now. That should be our prayer. It's not just one who is addicted to the ministry. We need to understand how important it is. We see him as the one who is omniscient. He's also omnipresent. I think we again, Sunday school or devotion. This feeds me, folks. Matthew 28, Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And he says to go. He knows all things. He is in every place from that same passage. He says, go in all the world. I am with you. Not, I'll try to catch up with you. 
I'll try to keep tabs on you. No, he's already there. If you leave, if you bail on him, he's still there. Another passage which uh, I choked on the first time I came across it. We tend to think, well, Jesus was on the earth, and, and then and then he landed, he went up to heaven, and as it's in our mind we think he's either one or the other. You know what? The Lord is present. He walks among the churches, it says in Revelation chapter two. He walks a lot of places. And in John chapter 3, he's talking with Nicodemus. John chapter 3, look at verse 13. No man hath descended up to heaven. That includes Abraham. That includes David. When Jesus said that, no man had gone to heaven. But he that came down from heaven... That would be Him. Because we didn't start out in heaven. Even the Son of Man, which He didn't say is going to be in heaven. He didn't say who used to be in heaven, but which is in heaven. When Jesus taught us to pray, He said, pray like this, Our Father who art in heaven. I think sometimes people think, that means He's not on the earth. Oh, He's everywhere. You got an empty seat next to you? Don't think God's not there. He's everywhere. A lot of scripture for that. I, I'd run out of time and run out of voice before I exhausted all of that. And as I said already, omnipotent, all powerful. We need to be encouraged. Ours is not a wimpy God. He's not that 98 pound weakling that some people talk about. He's not the one who tries to save. The angel didn't tell Joseph, you call him Jesus. He didn't say he's going to try to save his people. He said he might get around to it. It just might be. And I like the fellow we heard pray once at a meeting. He said, Lord, save so and so as soon as you can. Well, God doesn't have a quote on it. God didn't have to take a special pill and beat himself up. No, he is still mighty to save. Amen. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ for the free pardon of your sin, no, don't say, well, he's probably not saved enough people this week. I'll ask him some other time. No matter where you are on the spectrum theologically, just like that jailer, he asked Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? They didn't pull out a catechism and say, learn all these and get the right answers and blab them back and you'll be on the right track. No, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What sort of Lord is that? Close with a reference that I gave you already at the beginning. John chapter 10, verse 30. He's talking about His Father. And how great His Father is. We should talk about how great our spiritual Father is. In 29, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out. And the word man is supplied. That means nobody. 
Not you. No other man, woman, or child. No demon. Not even the devil himself. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. You think he's powerful? Let me tell you something. I and my Father are one. I'm not a wannabe God. I'm not a in the process of becoming. You know, I went to Navy school. I was a candidate to be an officer. I never was commissioned as an officer in the United States Navy. I was a wannabe. Jesus was never a wannabe. You know, I'm trying to make it. If I can pass this test, if I can impress the angels, if I can, if I can follow through on this, then I will ascend to being God myself. No. He was already God. And He ever shall be God. What kind of a God? Just like His Father. I and my Father are one. So He spent two Sunday mornings talking about His humanity, His deity. Which one's true? Some would think that's a trick question. You know the answer? I hope you do. Lord willing, I want to talk about that next time. For now, let's stay.